0: This weekend, an estimated 75 to 100 runners are expected to take to the Lake Washtaw Vista Trail, or Lovett, a 40-mile trail that extends from Denby Bay in Montgomery County to Avery Recreation Area at Blakely Dam. The eighth running of the Lovett 100 Endurance Race consists of two separate races, a 100-mile race that is capped at 34 hours and a 100-kilometer race that is capped at 21 hours. The 100-mile race starts Friday at 5 p.m. at the East Cove Pavilion, with the 100-kilometer race starting at 6am Saturday. The race started in 2014 as a 100-kilometer race that started at Crystal Springs Resort. And in 2015, it was expanded to include the 100-mile race and started at Mountain Harbor Resort and Spa. I recently spoke with race organizer Dustin Speer about the origins of the race, what runners and fans can expect, and the future of the race. My name is James Lee, and this is Garland County Locker Room. Brought to you by the sports department of the Sentinel record,
1: I understand that you were one of the people who was instrumental in getting this thing started, so how did that come about?
2: yeah, so my my wife and I Rachel um, she and I had started a half marathon when we lived in conway we were We lived in Conway from really up until two thousand um, and twelve uh, and we had started a half marathon there, the swing wings half marathon in two thousand and eight. And uh, we handed that over when we left and we moved to Hot Springs in, in 2012. And so uh, we took about a year off or so and then decided, you know, we fell in love with running out on the trails around Lake Washington. So we decided, hey, why not let that be the next race that we start? So that's that's really kind of how it started. Um, as a, a small idea, my wife's, mostly my, my wife's idea. And uh, we've just kind of helped try to continue to grow it since then.
1: Yeah, I know you don't live here in Hot Springs anymore. Um, yeah, how how is it that you're still? As, as
2: integral a part of it as you are. Yeah, it's really only because we have a great uh, race committee and great volunteers that are most mostly based there in uh, Hot Springs, some in Little Rock and from surrounding areas. Um, but without without them, we wouldn't be able to. So, like you you mentioned, you know, you've talked to Jason Armitage. Jason Armitage is kind of our normal like uh, eyes and ears out on the race course uh, all leading up to race day. So, you know, without people like Jason, it wouldn't be wouldn't be possible. So we try to just organize things and arrange things from afar, and then, um, you know, they support it, uh, uh, the on-site preparations, and then we all kind of try to bring it together on uh, race day. So we'll, for example, we'll travel down um, to Hot Springs Thursday morning um, and uh, start setting everything up Thursday afternoon and evening and then Friday morning, and then the race starts Friday night. So it's kind of a very quick uh, chaotic weekend.
1: So are you and your wife going to run in the race or are you just there to help keep it going?
2: No, we, we are definitely there just in the organizational capacity, not as uh, running it. You know, it's uh, an event of that distance. It's just kind of too much to be able to run it and organize it, at least for us. Um, so uh you know this is definitely not our uh not our race to run, but we'll we enjoy getting to experience it vicariously through others
1: if I remember right, this is the eighth year uh because y'all had to cancel it one year because of weather
2: yep, that would be correct so like the ninth year trying to have the event and then uh, one year um one year where the Forest service uh rescinded the permit due to the weather the the high water on the race course so um it's it's grown. We we started with the 100K only in the first year, just the 60 mile race, and then um, the subsequent year we moved. We we had started at Crystal Springs. That was our our main headquarters back at the very first year, uh, 2014, and uh, in 2015 we worked with Mountain Harbor to um, have the race be based out at Mountain Harbor Resort, and uh, they've embraced it and really been supportive since then. So since then we started the 100 mile and 100K. From Mountain Harbor and um, uh, do both do both events now. So the 100 miles Friday night, all the way through the weekend, and then the 100 kilometer starts uh, Saturday morning and run the both of them run till 3 a.m. Sunday morning.
1: What's the average time for you know somebody to complete? I know that y'all cap it at I think 37 for the 100 mile.
2: Yeah, 30 34 hours total for the for the 100 mile. Um, that 3 a.m. um finish. So, you know, average time is really, is really hard to estimate. You're going to see your most of your participants in that like 24 to 32 hour range. Um, and then the few hours on the front end of that and the back end of that, you'll have very, you know, much fewer participants. Um, so we always have a couple of, a few people out way out front that are, you know, an hour or two ahead of most of the pack. And, uh, you know, those lead runners are usually in the, the 19 and a half to 21 hour pace range. Although our, our course record is 20 hours and change. Uh, one year, one of our participants would have set the course record under 20 hours, but he got held up due to a water crossing that was impassable and he had to wait it out for a couple of hours. So normally they're in, they're in that range, like lead runners are in the 20 hour ish range and then tail runners we have people pushing that 434 hour time limit every year
1: you know you you mentioned that you know they started with just 100k there at yep. uh, crystal springs how did it grow into what it is today because it's it's you know, 100 miles is a lot different than 100K.
2: Well, we we really we knew we always wanted to do a hundred miler, so that was that was the goal. And when we started the 100K, that was kind of our test run to to see if we could pull off the 100 mile. Um, you know, we had race, we had experience directing race, managing a, a large event, um, but trail events are different and. Um, a hundred kilometer race is very different than the half marathon that we had previously organized. So we started with a hundred K that was, um, it felt like it was basically the full day. So rather than having to deal with overnights, we're like, we got one day and, uh, allowed us to try out the trail and how well it supported, uh, uh the race and how, you know, how spread out participants would get where we would put aid stations, things like that. Um, so that's how we started it. Just really the hundred K was the dry, you know, the test run. And then uh, 100 mile, we knew we wanted to start it. So uh, once we had a successful first year, we didn't decide to just go ahead and do it. About how many participants do you
1: all
0: have every year?
2: Yeah, right now it's it's nearing the 100 mark, um, 100 participants uh, this year. And, you know, I think it's just a little bit under that, um, you know, it's it's. You count two numbers, your number of registrations and your number of people that show up. And usually there's, uh, nearly a roughly a 10% gap between the two. Um, so, uh, we'll probably end up with around 90 starters or so on, on race day. Um, and, uh, that's grown about 15, 10 to 15% year over year, just every year for the last few years. Um, we keep picking up uh, a few more every year, which is, uh, great for us. It allows us to, grow in a responsible way without trying to, you know, without taking on too many people. Um, so we continue to add to it and and it's been able to, to grow uh, successfully.
1: Do most of the participants seem to be in the hot springs or Arkansas area, or do you have people from all over?
2: Uh, usually people from all over. I would say usually it's somewhere around, Half of our participants or so are from the state of Arkansas. And then you'll have another handful that are from some of the surrounding states like Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, and Tennessee. Um, and uh, then you'll get further away. So we usually have participants from anywhere from uh, 15 to 20 states total uh, coming to run. Um, I don't know exactly how many states it is this year, but I would imagine the distribution is fairly the same. I know we've got people from Utah, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan, you know, and, and all the surrounding states and, and others that Missouri um, and others I haven't counted yet. So,
1: yeah. So, um, obviously, if it's growing, you're, I assume that you're getting good feedback from the people who are running in this every year.
2: Yeah. And, and- uh, it's been, it's been very successful. Um, you know, not, uh, obviously I'd point back to our, uh, our volunteers, having great volunteers and having them take that sense of ownership into their spot, you know, what, what they do with the race is key. It's what makes the, the race so successful and, and memorable for participants. So what you try to do is you try to put on an event that um that runners just want to keep coming back to every year and make sure they are well supported on a great course and we have good giveaways so we always try to uh well we actually try to do two things number one we try not to charge a super expensive registration fee some of these races can get 3 and 400 dollars um or more and uh we try to charge about $200 for the 100 mile and $100 for the 100k so uh, and even within that we try to give good swag you know good giveaway like we uh, we try to have a shirt with a great logo um and we try to do uh, some kind of giveaway for for uh, participants um one year it was a a hat and and every year on the 100 miler we give away a like a jacket for the 100 mile participants like really nice um last number of years, it's been North Face, like a nice North Face jacket, you know, really just something that uh, they would like to wear and would wear, um, and it's great; it's our best form of advertising, is our participants kind of wearing the swag from previous years. This year, it's uh, we're we're giving away like a stainless steel tumbler uh, with our race logo on it to all participants. So we try to give a little bit of of something every year and make sure they get really good value and have a great race. I know
1: that y'all provide you know snacks and drinks and stuff for the aid stations and the like, no more than you charge. Is it hard to be able to afford all that stuff?
2: Well, it depends on the year. I would say COVID has made it a little more expensive, um, especially as we um, had to implement, like, we had to uh, get additional, like, uh, PPE plus also food move towards um, individual serve, like self-serve, or like individual serve food items are more expensive than buying in bulk. And uh, having to do some of that has definitely increased our food costs. Our food costs have nearly doubled Um in the past two years, but uh even then, we're still able to do fairly well uh non covid years we're still able to to donate money um this year will be pretty tight, we'll be relatively break even maybe maybe a little bit worse than that, but uh and, and we might have to increase price a little bit just to compensate for the increased food costs. but um you know usually you know we we did this with soaring wings with our previous race directing experience. We found that you know you can uh, make sure you, you are, I guess, I guess, fiscally responsible, get nice things, but don't overdo it, manage the costs that you can control, give more to the participant. And usually it works out fairly well.
1: It's not an easy, an easy trail at all. I mean, I I know that it's an endurance race, but there's definitely a lot of, You know hazards that people have to look out for if they're not used to this kind of thing.
2: Yeah, so my wife came up with the tagline years ago: "Ankles of steel and iron will," saying like those are the things you needed. Um, You needed to have strong, strong ankles and a strong will, and uh, it's definitely true. Like the there's. There's not many flat spots on the trail. So even though we don't have any major major climbs, we still have something along the lines of, so about 34,000 feet total gain of loss, meaning you climb 17,000 feet and you descend 17,000 feet in total. Um, and that wears on your body after quite a while. And then you have the uneven terrain with the rocks that, uh, what can really beat up your ankles, uh, over time. And what I always say, it's not the, you know, the uphills will hurt, but the downhills are really where the the pain happens. The downhills are the ones that can injure you or really beat you up the most. Your body's absorbing all that impact. It's a tough race. It's a, it's an incredibly challenging race and a lot of other um 100 mile races you would see the lead runner finish times in the 16 hour mark or even a little bit faster and being about 25% slower is indicative of the the challenge of the course
1: where where do you see this going in the future do you have any big plans for next year what what are your plans going forward from from this
2: yeah we try to make the race a little bit better every year and uh we we want to manage growth in a responsible way so you know that 100 runners we don't want to go to 200 or 250 next year because that's that's a little that, – that would be, I guess, beyond where we would be comfortable knowing that we could put on a great event. So we'll continue to hopefully grow a little bit year over year and continue to get a little bit better in how we execute our race plan and um, whether it's, you know, improving our aid stations, improving what we offer participants or um, – you know, how we administer or run the event. You know, there's lots of challenges with just moving things around and making sure all of our aid stations have everything they need or improving marking, the trail changes over time. You know, we try to just make things a little bit better. Um, What we'd like to do is grow this into a very nice regionally or even nationally known low-key event that has the the best trail at the, with the best facilities and one of the best locations in the U.S. Um, Hot Springs and Lake Washita offer that Mountain Harbor um, as a, as a race headquarters is very unique. Um, most of these hundred mile races are in remote locations where they don't have hotels or lodging close. So you're having to drive 30 minutes or an hour or more. Um, or camp out, which is very, not a very comfortable thing to do, uh, both before and after a hundred mile race like that. Um, so really we try to offer that, that best mix overall. Uh, we want to bring people to the area. We want to bring people to Hot Springs and the Mountain Harbor. Um, that's what we would see for the race to, to grow into a well known and, uh, like a, a, an event people uh, are clamoring to be a part of and uh, like sell out or have a have an established cap and sell it out quickly every year.
1: What's probably the biggest challenges that y'all face with putting this on?
2: Sleep deprivation is probably number one. Uh, I think that's the easiest answer. You know, we have great volunteers, but we ask a lot of our volunteers. Some of those aid stations, the one at the top of Hickory Nut Mountain is open from essentially the start of the race to the end of the race. So 34 hours. And we've got, uh, an aid station captain, he probably won't be awake the whole time because there's some times where he won't have runners, but he's out there for a long time. And same is true for most of our other aid stations as well. Um, so just that challenge of the, the sheer distance and time of the race course it, is really hard. Um Additionally, making sure all of our aid stations have supplies and have the right amount of things when they need it is pretty tough, especially when from one end of the course to the other, it's about an hour drive or more. If we have to be from the the uh, Tompkins Bend area all the way over out to the Avery, to the dam on the east end of Lake Ouachita, it's really hard to get there. So we have to coordinate all of that and make sure we have people that can be in those locations with the the right supplies they might need ahead of time. And then towards the end, just making sure all of the runners are accounted for and coming in, we keep a really close eye on them. So uh, just kind of, uh, our anxiety level starts to decrease the more and more runners are finishing. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure everybody finishes safely. So we, that's always a, a stress point for us. So a lot of people think, uh, ultramarathons are not approachable and they think they've got to be, uh, like an elite level or a very serious, very competitive athlete to be able to do something like that. And they're not entirely wrong. It's, it's definitely a challenge, definitely lots of training, lots of time on your feet. But if you come out to, to the, to a hundred miler like this, you'll see people of all shapes and sizes and from all kinds of backgrounds. It's really the, the type of thing that just about anybody can do with the right amount of, of training. And it's not as much about speed or uh experience um, it's more about can you make a plan and can you execute your plan? Can you keep your feet moving? can you get process your water and your calories? Can you make it happen? Um, I think that's one of the cool things to see is um you know it's exciting to see the the people at the very front really running fast and and pushing the pace. But for me, it's just as exciting to see that person that's just working really hard to try to make it under that 34 hour cutoff time. You know, so I think if anybody wants to come out and see that experience, or if they like hiking or being out in the uh, in the woods or on the trails, um, I think they they love seeing what a race like Lovin is all about. All the information should be on our website and people can like look at the progress of participants on race day uh, on, there's a link on our homepage that points to our like race tracking uh, website. Um, so people can can see it all there. They can sign up to get text message updates when, you know, somebody they're following arrives at any aid station. They'll get a text notification. Um, so, uh, you know, we encourage people to follow, follow along that way. Um, we're going to try to do – we we typically um, – we also do live streams of people finishing on our Facebook uh, Facebook page as well. Um, we're going to try to have a live stream of the finish line just kind of there running so people can always see what's going on. Um, and that would be, be linked on our website as well
1: i really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me
2: yeah thanks it's uh, nice to meet you and uh, uh, let me know if you have any other questions happy to answer them
0: thank you for listening to garland county locker room you can find a companion story on our website and mobile app if you like our content please consider subscribing to get the latest content as soon as it becomes available you can find garland county locker room wherever you get your favorite podcasts